you have labor questions? They have answers. Bill Holfeld and Joe Maniscalco, Labor Press's Blue Collar Buzz. Welcome back to Labor Press's Blue Collar Buzz here on AM 970 The Answer. I'm your host, Joe Maniscalco, senior editor at LaborPress.org. We're talking about the Janus decision uh, all episode long, and uh, we we're just before we left, we were talking to Kim Medina, executive director of DC 1707. Kim, please finish your thought. So, again, as a woman and as a woman in labor and what the union has afforded me and the ability to be able to be a better advocate and to speak up, labor is the watchdog. We make the world accountable. And if they shut labor down, the people in, in our country and across the world won't have a voice. We're the first ones to step up front. It was labor who stepped up front for apartheid. It was labor who stepped up about NAFTA. It was labor who said, no, you're not going to export our jobs anymore. You know, it, it was labor who said, look at these children. They've been taken from their parents. We're the ones who are going to get out there and fight about it. And we're making employers accountable. We're making the government accountable. And you wipe out labor, you decimate the watchdog. And so now is a prime opportunity to do grassroots again. It's to get back out there like they did in the 30s and in the 20s and in 1905 and said, listen, this is what's better for you. Come to us. We'll help you. We'll work together. We'll make it stronger and better. No more uh, uh, sweatshop mentality, and that's what the the Koch brothers want. They want a sweatshop mentality. Do as I say, don't do as I do. And it's not right. Let's, let's I, pass I, it on. I also think that, I mean, I hear a lot about the Koch brother. I don't know who these guys are. I mean, I, but I don't think that we should allow our local politicians off the hook because some of them are just as guilty. Yes. As the Koch brothers are, some of them, when I when you listen to them, their point of view, uh, sometimes I listen to these people and they say one thing. And then when I look at the legislation that they're pushing and that they're offering, I'm saying, wait, you know, there, there, there's a contradiction here. So what I'm saying is we have some city council people who feel just like the Koch brothers. We have some assemblymen and assemblywomen and some uh, New York Senate and that feel the exact same way as the Koch brothers. And they may not be out there uh, pushing it, but they are. My union itself, uh, you know, we're fighting, we're fighting uh, like hell for a lot of different things. And it's not the Koch brothers that's sitting in the city council that's opposing us on it. It's not the Koch brothers that's sitting in the assembly and in the Senate or in the governor's office or in the mayor's office that's opposing us on it. So I don't think that we should just like keep hitting at this phantom Koch brother because this this is an organized effort that, that's, that's been going on against uh, labor and unions for a long time. And they're just, in my opinion, they're just now getting to the point where, hey, you know, everybody's like, whoa, who are these people? Where are they coming from and what are they trying to do? Uh, it's not just the Koch brothers. It's a uh, you know, very organized campaign that's been very intense for the last eight years or so. Yes. The funders of it include the Linda and Harry Bradley Foundation, mm. Betsy DeVos's family in Michigan. They're basically responsible for the law against the union shop in Michigan. Yes. There's a lot of local people in the Midwest, uh, Rex Sinkfield and David Humphreys in Missouri. On Illinois, there's a Richard Uline. If you ever buy a paper bag or a cardboard box that says Uline on it, you know, that's the fortune. They're putting tons of money into promoting 
this kind of litigation, anti-labor leg- legislation. You know, all over the country have had six states pass laws banning the union shop in the last eight years. Mm. Kentucky, West Virginia, Missouri, which is being challenged, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Indiana. You know, Michigan, Wisconsin, Indiana, that's supposed to be the heartland of labor. You know, it's litigation, it's laws, and so you can't separate that from this. It's all part of the same movement to destroy organized labor. But that said, I think the centrist wing of the Democratic Party has, to a large extent, forgotten you're supposed to be the party of working people. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I want to get into that, of course, Steve. I want to, I want to save the Democratic Party and the whole issue of who really has labor's back uh, for the next segment. But, uh, Peter, let me turn back to you. I mean, we heard, we heard a lot of inspirational talk about what, what, uh, what kind of galvanizing effects that this could have mm-hmm. on, on labor unions. But uh, that's going to take a lot of energy. And so how do you think that's going to affect the day-to-day operations? Uh, that- well, you know, uh, what I wanted to say, in the last election they put on the ballot, you know, for the public to vote uh, for a constitutional convention. And I think a lot of people would agree that there were many people, including many of our union people, that didn't quite understand Mm -hmm. what it meant if they had a constitutional convention. Besides making millions of dollars in courts, it would have opened up a lot of things. And I think unions got out there. You saw bumper stickers. You saw posters. You saw advertisements. And unions got out there to spread the word about voting down a constitutional convention. So I believe the impact, I mean, I I, I don't see, uh, correct, I mean, I've been around a long time. I don't see panic setting in. I, I believe that, you know, uh, I just recently spoke to a, a, a Suffolk County municipal employees who, I'm, who I very proudly represent up in Albany. And, and from the president on down, the position is, uh, go ahead. You know, if you, if you want to be crazy enough to leave your union, I, I think, the positiveness that's going to come out of the union leaders is not a panic. There's not going to be a panic from an Elias Husmedine or anyone else. There's going to be, are you out of your mind trying to leave this union? So, I mean, I, you know, call me naive, but I believe that the way the unions are going to attack it or present it is that look at all we've done for you over the years, people before us. You know, we all inherited unions and made and in most cases we made it better. We moved it more in a more forward direction. I believe, as someone just said recently, that it's only going to give us the opportunity to profess to our members what unions mean and what unions have done and what we've done as as a labor movement. I, I really believe in my heart that it, it's it's not going to be a monumental effect downward. I think it's going to band us together even more. So, Kim, do you, do you think that, you know, that, that labor unions can do that kind of work at the same time maintain, the, you know, very humdrum day-to-day operations that unions have to do? I, I think they can because, you know what, it's our job. I mean, right. a, anybody who takes the and we don't have a choice of, of the president or, or running a union, they know the task. And, and the number, you know, they, they know the job. You know, they know the job of their members. And they know that it's not just about protecting their position as a labor leader. It's about protection, uh, protecting everything that we've done over the years, people before us that have, that have fostered the labor movement. I, I really believe that it, it, it's not going to be as difficult as people m- may seem to think. Kim, what does it look like to you? 
I, I agree with Peter in, in many areas, and, it, and it's our job. What's wonderful about the labor movement is that we weren't just put into our positions. We've held every rank and file position yeah. there is. Right. We were workers. We understand the nuts and bolts of getting the job done. So, And labor, running a, a union is not humdrum because every day it's a new obstacle. We learn to be creative within a box. We learn to stretch that box and make it an octagon within the box. You know, it's a circle and a square. And and we can do this. We can pull up our pants, put our boots on and be like, ready, let's do it. Just no different than the construction worker, brick by brick, mortar by mortar, beams, piping, wires. This is what labor is about. Getting right back to the basic core of what we're about, where we are. We're not just a political machine. We're about the worker and what they've done. And we understand the struggle. You look at the labor movement now and more of us in in labor and leadership roles are taking less money. We're working harder. We're getting out there. We're galvanizing the membership. And all the members want to know is that if I touch you, you better be real. And we can tell them we're real. We're ready to fight. We're with you. And we're not going to stop. And I agree with Peter and with Elias. This is our time. This is our time. Our time is now. We can do it. And, and and it'll happen. You, we see it already. We're organizing more and more. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got millennials. Yes. And now I've, I've sat with a few of millennials who tell me the new generation are called eyes, the libertarians. But because they're libertarians, they speak out. They want to be part of a movement that says no. They're learning what the N and the O means. They're learning that they don't have to say yes and they don't have to be a part of something that's not right. And that's a good thing. We got to catch them. We're on fire now. Mm-hmm. The time is to push back and and no scorch earth policy. I think right. that's the way we got to go. You know, it's it's not be afraid. Just do it. Right. I think you, uh, the labor unions are getting a little help from legislators. Uh, right, they Steve, didn't Cuomo uh, last week signed legislation saying that unions don't have to represent freeloaders in uh, uh, disability action? Effect in April. Yeah. It went into effect in April that they don't have to represent, you know, a freeloader in a grievance procedure. I guess... You can look at it you know, two ways. You know, optimistically, Iowa last year, there's one of the things I was talking about before, passed a law that said public unions have to recertify every time their contract comes up. And not only do they have to get a majority of the people who voted, they have to get a majority of everybody in the bargaining unit. By that standard, the governor of Iowa who signed that bill wouldn't have come close to being elected. Right. But uh, last year, when the first round of elections was, unions got almost 98 percent of the vote yes to stay in the union. And they won, I think, 436 out of 468 bargaining units. So that's optimistic, even though they did lose 32 bargaining units. But on the other hand, it's the National Education Association, which is the largest teachers union in the country, is projecting that they're going to lose you know, 14% of their membership over the next couple of years, and they're cutting their budget accordingly. All right, uh, we, we've come to the, the end of another segment, but we have one more to go. So uh, come back after these messages for more Blue Collar Buzz here on AM 970 The Answer. You're listening to Labor Press on AM 970 The Answer. 